Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Howdy, all. Sorry for the uh, absence on Monday. Uh, logistics, uh, again, with me in Toronto. Uh, at, uh, I believe was at a uh, tournament in Tennessee for his daughter. Um, we will be uh, doing shows the rest of the week as we close in on the trade deadline. But, Russ, you have a surprise, surprise pre-show thing for us? Yeah. So, uh, Markel Fultz, the first overall pick for the Sixers, Everybody's heard of him. He hasn't played many games. He he's you know he came up lame. We've talked about him on the show before. Well, now he's not back yet. And what they're going to do to bring him back is he's practicing with a VR with VR glasses. VR, virtual reality. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I've heard of this. There's a few things for basketball that are doing stuff like this. I what mean, is, what is this? The movie Tron? I don't want to say I'm a non-believer because I am a tech guy. What I do want to say is having been a basketball guy and played a lot in my life and gone to camp and learned some instruction about it, it's mostly physical and a little mental. And so I don't know if the mental physical part is going to be met with virtual reality glasses. I was always taught it's meant with met with repetition and muscle memory. I don't know if this is going to work with muscle memory, but we'll see. We'll have to watch this. Well, all I can say is the Celt, the you know, there was a lot of criticism and a potential criticism about the Celtics trading that first overall pick. Uh, they ended up with I think it was Tatum from from Duke, and traded Fultz, or the pick that Fultz was taken with. Right, right now, right now, everything the Celtics have done, and the Celtics are the team I, I root for in the NBA. Um, right now, everything they've done, the, the Kyrie Irving deal. You know, being able to succeed even after that, the kid Hayward broke his leg in a gruesome fashion, and now Tatum is a pretty good young player, and Fultz is having his problems. So everything is turning up roses for the Celtics and Danny Ainge. But Russ, I know you mentioned before uh, when we were talking, if you're freezing, if you're cold, today is today is a day of hope because it, for a lot of uh, major league teams, pitchers and catchers report. Yeah, pitchers and catchers. Like, this is always like when you're just suffering through winter or if you live in Winnipeg most of the year, um, <laughs> just you look forward to this day. It makes you feel a little warmer for a minute. You know that, hey, I'm not going to get anything meaningful baseball as well as far as updates or anything for weeks. But just the fact that they're there pitching is a great thing. Uh, although I'll tell you, Matt Harvey looked heavy. People disagreed with me on that. They could disagree with me all they want. I'm telling you, I know these athletes, and he's got a little bit of a beer gut there, and it's not a great sign. However, so he's not the dark knight. He's the fat knight. Well, he's not fat like Bartolo Colon or anything, but he's a little heavy for a guy his age. That's you know that's the thing. And and what I did post about him just on on Twitter was that like, is this the '70s where he's going to have to round into shape? You know, like. I thought we were past that with players, but you know, apparently maybe he's, maybe he's inspired by Rick Russell. 
Maybe. Um, now, I, I have to. I just have to add this because I think everybody who plays fantasy sports uh, can sympathize with this feeling. I, I, I'm in a. I'm in a fantasy baseball league, Stratomatic baseball league, and you know, you have a favorite team. You want the players from your favorite team it just it just makes it just makes you feel feel better i mean you know like you know, I, if you know if i'm in a hockey league of course i want austin matthews not only because he's one of the best players in the league but because he's a maple leaf and i and i cover the maple leafs and been a fan of the maple leafs for a number of years of course in this one hockey league i'm in the guy will not trade me austin matthews okay that's i can i'll, I'll have to live with it uh, a few years ago uh in in a fantasy baseball league i'm in the guy drafts gary sanchez one pick before my pick. I have tried for two years to trade for this guy, and he will not trade him to me. Not because he's a Yankee fan, but he he knows he got me because he picked him one pick ahead of me, and now it's, he's just sort of the carrot in the stick or ha hanging over my head. Well, I just found out today that the guy the guy quit the league. So I basically sent him an email saying, "Nice knowing you. Good luck in the future." And now I have a chance to get Gary Sanchez. So. And anyway, all right. Let's. Uh, I don't know where I don't know where Russ went. Uh, so we'll have to we'll have to wait until he gets back to do the intro. Is he taking out the dogs, Peter? Yeah. Peter, are you locked up there? Oh, okay. Pete, okay, Russ is away from. This I'm, here, I'm here. I was getting a biscuit. There we go. And Pete, and Peter's screwed. Peter's up. locked. Hopefully, I'll send him another invite because his his screen locked up. Oh boy! Yeah, we are we are going to talk mostly most. Oh, there he is. We're going to talk mostly today about trade chatter uh, because there's a lot of it. Yeah, you you were you were froze there, Peter, with with a sort of pensive yeah. look on your face. Um, we're going to talk about trade chatter mostly. Um, oh, just one 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 other thing. And Kevin Allen wrote about this, and apparently the IOC has relented. But when I saw yesterday that the that the International Olympic Committee uh, was going to make what the heck was that? Was going to make was going to make the uh, the goaltender for Team USA take the Statue of Liberty off of her mask. I, I was, I mean, you know, this is a this is an organization that is corrupt. That is that is that is uh, you know we've heard so many stories over the years, and you know I know that they you know they wouldn't allow the team USA to have a patch on the uniform for Jim Johansson who passed away. Right. I mean, Russ. I mean, they, they, this is infuri it infuriates me. This kind of stuff. It's infuriating, and I looked at the game today, and I didn't see it on on the helmet or the mask of the player so well they relented kevin allen wrote that they the, the ioc relented i mean probably under pressure from you know I, get, I i didn't see it but i couldn't get a good enough look because russia or the oar wasn't getting enough shots on goal for me to to for, for me to tell but look it's the international symbol of freedom what are you doing that's my point is like what the hell are you doing well, come on. Two of the biggest countries oh, involved in this Olympic. Sorry, Peter. Two of the biggest countries involved. Well, in this gonna... Go ahead. You go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, we all know that the IOC is about one thing and one thing only. Using amateur and semi-professional athletes to enhance their pocketbooks. And yes. if it interferes with the sponsorship dollars, anything that can be seen as a threat 
to sponsors. So if you were an insurance company who sponsored something, so you have an Olympic sponsorship thing and you see a Statue of Liberty, you're thinking to Liberty Mutual, get it off. That's exactly how this works. It's the same thing with the nonsense of the women's slope style basically playing in, in, you know, launching, not playing, but doing that competition in a hurricane. And the reason being they have sponsors who pay huge bucks. This game, this event is happening on the 12th at this time come heck or high water. And we brought people in. We spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on top of our, our money, on top of our sponsorship money to be here. You're going to have slope style. Doesn't, they don't care about the health and well-being. Like there's no way. And it's the same thing. They don't care that it's a symbol of a country. I mean, if you took a survey of any, any person in the world, they're going to say two things about the United States, stars and stripes and the Statue of Liberty. And that's the iconic image. And it's got nothing to do with politics. It's a load of bunk. And that's just how the IOC is. Yeah. And, and, and I haven't seen this and I, I, I know, I know that it's going to take place, but you've got these sort of boutique events now. Uh, I, I heard of one, it's called mass start speed skating, where it's going to be like 24 guys on the track at the same time. It's basically roller derby is what it is. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, th this is, this is an event. This is a real event here. I mean, it, I don't know. I, I, I too much events, there's no doubt, but I will say this so far, there's been some great stuff to watch. Yeah. The figure skating has been great. Snowboarding has been great. I haven't watched everything all the time, but I will talk about hockey on the actual show because there are some amazing things that happen in the hockey game today, actually. Okay. All right, let's get started. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Tuesday, February 13th, 2018. I'm uh, Peter Tessie from Winnipeg. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. T-minus 13 days and counting to the NHL trade deadline, and we'll discuss some rumors and some things going on in the league over the next uh, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, now, Russ, one of the things that we see, and there hasn't been any kind of moves made yet, and it seems to be right now where the sellers are establishing their base price for the for the for the players that they're you know they're selling for example buffalo they're asking for three or four pieces for evander kane everybody is doing that right now right and right now there seems to be a general hue and cry amongst the amongst the buyers that these teams are asking for way way too much and now this is this is the this is the the time where they're there's a standoff they're sort of like holding back and they're waiting for the price to come down uh, from the sellers for the players that they're buying for the players that they want to sell. But the thing is, there are so many sellers here. I think there's the, the patience on the part of the buyers is going to end up paying off because there's so many sellers. No, I disagree. I, I look at it like, Hey, it's a cap world. The season's over for some of these sellers and for the sellers that the season's over, what's the actual rush? Season's over. Right. I can well, you have to do something to make the playoffs. I don't have to do anything. I'm already out of it. So mm -hmm. I, I disagree. I don't think there's going to be a problem with that because there are some teams like the Canadians, if they don't make a deal, they'll make it at the draft. Teams know they could do deals at the draft for well, a lot of these players. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Well, I mean, we'll take the Canadians for a second. They have options because – 
they're not, you know, Pacioretty and Galchenyuk, who are the two big names that have been mentioned, have years left in their contract. Pacioretty has one more year. I think Galchenyuk has another th another two because it was a three-year bridge deal. Yes, they could wait till the summer and make their deals then. Teams like Buffalo, and let's take Kane because we always talk Kane when, when it comes to Peter here. Um, teams like Buffalo with Kane. Buffalo's season is over with. It's been over with for a couple months. They're probably going to finish in dead last because uh, probably Jack Eichel is out for the remainder of the year after a really ugly high ankle. And it turned out to be a high ankle sprain. I was shocked. I thought he had broken his leg. Or torn his high ankle sprain can be as bad as a break. Right, know. and I think I'm pretty sure – worse. I'm pretty sure it's the same high ankle sprain, the same leg that he sprained at the beginning of last season. So this is a recurrent problem for him. And he's, you know, his speed speed is a big thing for 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 Eichel. But the point being is that Buffalo is done. They're going to finish either 30th or 31st, and they, you know, they're clearly going to move Evander Kane before February 26th. But they want to maximize their return, and everybody knows that they're going to move him. It's just a question of how long they're going to wait to move them and if they can get even close to the price that they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, they're not getting close to the price, but it's like, you know, like if you decide you're going to go shopping at Macy's today, then you're going to pay the price on the actual tag. And and if you do that, God bless you, because I never do that. And But at some point, they will – have to make bigger decisions, but it won't be this week. Like there's too many days in the last week. Everything's done last minute with these GMs. We know this. We've talked about it a million times. Rutherford's like maybe the only one that will reach out early and, and, and maybe, you know, Burke, but most of them will not. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. So it just, it just becomes this waiting game and, and just a matter of what they could actually get for these guys right now. There's not much happening. And that, and Peter, that's where like the stuff that's coming out in the last week or even in the last few days is hilarious. Um, you know, we heard the the Vancouver talk regarding we want to sign Erica Branson after they've basically been saying for months that they want to trade him. Jim Rutherford comes out in the last day or two and, and says, "Oh, we're really happy with Riley Sheehan. Is we're really happy with Riley Sheehan as our third line center." I mean, yeah, really. That's why. That's why you're in. That's why you're supposedly making inquiries on Derek Brassard and Thomas Placanitz. And you know, if if, if the Leafs decided to trade Tyler Bozak, they'd be in on that too. I mean, it, it's the, the, it's sort of disinformation going on right now. Well, yeah, there's smoke. Oh, no, no. Let, let Peter first. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's the game. It's the game within the game, right? That's just what it is. I think what's interesting, though, and you, let's, let's go back and take a look at Buffalo. If you had to, like, and this is what sort of bugs me about the things that seep out. Well, you want a roster player, a, tra a draft pick, and a top prospect. Right. Does that make sense for Buffalo? Like, that's what I want. Like, and, and, and I'm just throwing this out there in a general sense. It might make sense for them. But if you're a team, and you, and this is why I wonder what the with the Canucks, because you know, there's so many rumors about them with whether Benning's going to continue being the GM, if they're going to go a different direction. Right. And then you look at maybe what's going on in Edmonton, if they're going to do any kind of selling with Shirelli. Do they actually have a vision of what they can, what they need for the long-term um, success or build of what they're trying to do in, say, a Vancouver or a Buffalo or Edmonton at the trade deadline? Because I think that puts more interest to Russ's po earlier point of it might be better to have it happen at the summer for a right. lot of these deals. 
and 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 so the prices seem high because I can get more for something even though I just you might be taking on something you don't really need just because you want to get the best you want to get the best price for it. I, I I think that's just part of what goes on in this. It sounds convoluted, but it really kind of makes sense. You ask for the moon, you may not even get something that you technically want with your vision, but if you don't prove to people that you can make a good deal or at least start asking for a good deal, you don't want to be labeled an idiot GM with your owner either. Well, and and you look like a bigger idiot if you don't move the player who's on who's an expiring contract and get something for him. I mean, with Kane, Russ, I, I think it's more the fact that you know, ideally the Sabres probably want somebody who's proven at the NHL level now because they want to, I think they want to win right away, but things have just not worked out in Buffalo, but they know that no competitive, no contending team is going to give a young player on their roster who's cheap and who's good. They want to keep those players. So they'll take the first round pick and the prospect and that they'll they'll take what the normal return is for a rental and that they have to accept it because that's the market. Yeah, I think that's all they're getting is a, is a first a late first round pick from one of those types of teams and and a prospect. Nobody off the current roster. That's what I think they're getting. And they probably won't even get the best prospect. They'll probably get like the second or third or fourth depending on who Buffalo likes on the list. I think that's what they'll end up mm -hmm. with. Like in the chat room they're asking me, "Hey, do I think the Flyers would trade for Vander Kane?" Now, Kane does fall under what the Flyers would do in that if they felt like they were getting better, he's 26 years old. So he, he's of the right age that they would consider it. But mm -hmm. there's really no sort of off-ice reputation. Now, Kane hasn't had it this year. Good for him. But I don't know if Hextall's taken a guy with an off-ice reputation. My guess is probably not. Well, and that's it's funny because, I mean, Act wrote about uh, – Philly and the Sabres having discussions. Well, they may have had discussions. I, I have a sort of audio and video. Is, is everything okay? Can you hear me good? No, it's not okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, hold on. Let me see if this works. Sorry about this, folks. This is what happens when... Let's see. This is what happens. The, I'm going to try the... Hold on. Come on. Here we go. How's that? That's good. That's better. All right. For, so sometimes the Wi-Fi is better than the hard line. That's it's it's they really strange. Anyway, just to see how cheap they can get them. But at the end of the day, I don't know if they want him to be with as many youngsters as they have, considering teams talk, and that's been an issue in Buffalo. So my guess is the price isn't going to be cheap enough for Hex Total Body. Right, and and what I was saying before was that uh, Eck reported that there's talk between the Sabres and Philadelphia, and I know that Elliot Friedman did on the weekend, but it didn't sound like it was Kane. And I know Bill Meltzer. I talked to Bill Meltzer, and he said that there, you know, with the injury to Brian Elliott, that maybe a Chad Johnson would be somebody that uh, that the Flyer maybe a smaller deal for somebody like that rather than a big deal for an event. I don't think Evander. Yeah, I don't think Evander Kane makes sense for Philadelphia. I, I don't think Philadelphia is a contending team, so why would they do that? Now, keeping I don't think he makes theme, sense at all. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think it does either, Peter. So keeping yeah. in this theme, um, one John Shannon declared the Chicago Blackhawks the loser 
in the Brandon Saad trade. I just want to give everybody time to acknowledge me and understand that that's what I said all along, mm. except for that one guy out there who was 100% sure I was wrong and yes, you know, whatever. The one guy who used to work for Hockey Buzz. Um, and, and last night was the epitome of it because there was a puck, where I think when it was 2-1 or 1-1, or that just squeaked through Forsberg's legs and they pulled him out of the game. Forsberg is a sieve. I'm sorry. Forsberg has always been a sieve yeah. and always will be a sieve. That I didn't understand, you know, okay, if you're going to get a goaltender from a team like like Columbus, you're getting Corpusallo, you're not getting Forsberg, but they didn't probably didn't want to give up Corpusallo because Corpusallo is probably going to be their starter in two years when Bobrovsky looks for a new deal. Um, but just, just like I said, just getting back to the, the baseline pricing right now, you know, obviously, the, the conventional price tag for a scoring winger, and we'll use Kane and we'll use uh, uh, Brick Nash as the as the the two examples, has been a first round pick, a prospect, and sometimes an NHL player, sometimes a conditional pick based on whether they can re-sign them, and that's supposedly what the Rangers are looking for for Nash, and I think, I think. Jeff Gordon is delusional, Russ, because I don't think there's any way they get a first-round pick and a prospect for Rick Nash. No, I don't think so either. I think if they get a great prospect, they'll get a pick, and this way Jeff Gordon could show the fan base, look, we got a pick too. It won't be a first-round pick. That's if they get a good prospect, and that's if they eat a lot of money. It, and they can only eat 50%, right? So they have to eat 50% to even get that, I believe. Right. Now, now uh, Peter – uh, Larry Brooks yeah. of the New York Post put out a list of what he believes is the 12 uh, teams that are on the 12-team I'll accept the trade list, and I believe Winnipeg was one of the 12 teams. Uh, so was Toronto, but I was talking to somebody yesterday, and it was basically they said, well, how does how does Rick Nash limit the number of teams he wants to go to? He puts teams on there that he knows are not interested in right. – uh, in trading form, like if he put and he didn't put Buffalo on the list, but if he put Buffalo on the list, of course they're not going to trade for him because they're in last place. Right. But you know, if he puts Toronto out, out there, Toronto is chock full of wingers. They're not going to trade for another winger. So, but Winnipeg, I think, is looking for that one more piece. No, they are, and the piece that most people believe fits. Better and, and this will be a little bit more more is uh, Matt Scarello. Wow, are you getting and, the echo? Yeah, I was getting the echo. Are you getting it now? Not, not now. Go ahead. Okay, is, is Zuccarello? Um, one because we just saw him here on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, and he you know mm -hmm. kind of tore a little bit of the Jets' heart, Jets fans' hearts out. But Zuccarello has another year on his deal yeah. at four point seven. And at some point for the Jets, you have to start – you have to find the balance between making an effort to move forward with the desire to win in the playoffs versus managing your existing contracts and the expendable – and the upcoming contracts to deal with. So does sending out a couple players to get Zuccarello and his salary for next year make a little more sense than just a rental? Because it doesn't alleviate some of the headaches for Kevin Chevaldeo coming up with the contracts. Mm -hmm. And after next season, 
he has 13 contracts he's got to deal with. So he's got, there's a little bit of juggling. So the logic, and this comes from, and I give due credit to who is um, putting this out there, the logic, and not so much targeting Zuccarello, but the reasons behind it was um, Jim Toth of uh, TSN 1290 here on the morning show. Mm -hmm. and, and I agree with Jim in that there's got to be a little give and take here for the Jets that you've got to release some of the things you have. It doesn't have to be all your grade A prospects, but mm -hmm. you're going to have to give a few because you can't manage them all long term Right. And get them into the lineup, right. given your other contracts that are going to take away from things. Zuccarello is an affordable contract at 4.7 million for one more year. Mm -hmm. After that year, it gets a lot more complicated, but it's going to get complicated anyways. It's just how big a complication do you want? And do you want to actually make an effort to do something, not just this year, but into next. And when the Jets made the playoffs in 2015, Chevy brought in three players to boost the team to get him in. He doesn't have to boost the team to get him in now. He's got to boost the team to make them go further if they can. And Zuccarello is the kind of guy that probably plays in that wheelhouse a lot more. And I wouldn't be surprised if, one, he's inquired, but two, if they're prepared to pay a little more than you think they would normally do given the other situations going forward with the Jets and players and contracts. But, but Russ, you're skeptical that the Rangers aren't going to move Zuccarello, right? Yeah, I think he'll be the last of all those players to go. Even even beyond McDonough, I think he would be the absolute last. And I, a couple of reasons. He's the heart and soul of the team. He's best friends with Lundquist. He's, he's, he's a very productive player. This year he's a little bit off, but so is a lot of the other guys. Mm -hmm. uh, they're on a little bit of a winning streak. All these things sort of push it back. The only way Winnipeg gets Matt Zuccarello now is by putting in an amazing offer. And – if we know one thing about Kevin Sheverdayoff, he's not doing anything quickly. He does nothing quickly. No. So this is going to roll down to the wire. Even if they were to get him, they're not going to get him this week. I, like Sheverdayoff's not going to lay out all his cards this week. It's very unlikely. Well, the the interesting thing that's that's really evolving, and we'll probably hear more of this in the next week, next uh, thirteen days is the sort of battle going on between Boston and Tampa over like the same players. I mean, we've heard the McDonough talk and like you said, Russ, I mean, it, it, the Rangers don't have to move them before the deadline. They have another, they have the summer and they could even go into the end of the year if they're, you know, not intending to extend him, but you know, Tampa is looking for a left-hand shot defenseman. They, you know, I saw them last night. They, they need a little help on the blue line. They didn't play Cuckoo. They didn't play Dotchin and they were playing their veteran guys. And, you know, some of the faster leaf forwards got around, you know, guys like Braden Colburn. So th they could use, and they can, you know, and Cooper always plays Schuster and I don't understand why, but you know, he's going to continue to do that, but they, they need a little bit of an upgrade on, on the blue line more than an upgrade at, at forward. And Boston is looking for a left shot D. So you hear Boston and Tampa in competition for McDonough, if McDonough's out there. And then on the weekend, the report is, you know, Patrick Maroon is attracting interest from both Edmonton uh, from both uh, Tampa Bay and Boston. So these two teams at the top of the Atlantic division are fighting over the same turf. All right, well, let's start with Jake DeBrusque and Brandon Carlo in a third, which is what somebody said is, is the rumor like Jan Levine's got it on his blog. There's no way in hell I take that if I'm the New York Rangers. For one thing, Jake DeBrusque is no better than Jimmy VC, and I don't think ever will be. Mm -hmm. So the fact they both have the same amount of goals, I'm just getting another third-line player. So that that's not good. 
Brandon Carlo will never be offensively with Ryan McDonough is, but he's a good defenseman, could definitely play top pair. I can put him with Shea. So if they really would give me Carlo, which I still question, but if they're really going to give me Carlo now, I'll take the third, but you've got to upgrade that prospect severely because Jake DeBrusque's not good enough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's funny because and, a, a number one defenseman in the league, it's not enough, right? right. And you, you you don't know what the offers are are out there. I mean, if you can only speculate on on it, but like if Tampa is offering Cuckoo or Cal Foot, who is I, I I really liked in the last draft as the centerpiece is the centerpiece of a McDonough deal. If I'm Gordon, I'm asking for Sergachev. Right. Yeah, I'm not, I, it's Sugachev or, or, or Bust. Calfoot is a nice player. You can keep him and you can develop him. I, I want Sugachev because I don't want to be developing for too long. And the Rangers don't want to be developing for too long either. So I don't think they would take – now, Cuckoo they would take, but they would have to get someone of the degree of like a Tyler, um, Tyler Johnson. Braden Point. Or Braden Point. Either one. But I yeah. – I, you know, and then again, I think that's what it would take because they're going to – and I think, honestly, I don't think Point is – is. I think he's untouchable at this point. So yes. Tyler Thompson, to me, would be a great guy for the Rangers to get because you could slot him in. He's another centerman. They need that. And and then if you had to settle for Cuckoo, that's fine. I could still put Cuckoo with Shea. I'm not losing a tremendous amount, and I'm taking a, a high draft pick from him too, a first-round pick. Well, it, it, you know, it, trading Tyler Johnson right now is the cutting off your nose to spite your face because yeah, I mean Adam Ern is up, Ernie is up, and I, I know Russ, but they're but but right now they're using Tyler Johnson as their number one center. Last night they had him playing with Stamkos and Yanni Gord. That's their number one. They moved Kucherov down to the second line with Point. But they could put Kucherov back on the first line and could put Point on the second line. And Arlen could put Stamkos at center, but apparently Cooper doesn't want to do that. I know, but he could put Stamkos at center on the top line too. I'm hanging up otherwise. I don't really care. I'm just saying if I'm the Rangers and I'm really making this deal, which, again, I, I do think it has to be like the perfect deal or it's not being made, I'm just hanging it up. You know what? The, the thing with that is I kind of agree, I kind of agree with Russ. I agree with you, Russ, because the simple thing here is is that you, if you trade McDonough to the to the um, Lightning, you're going to be dealing with him next year too, or this year in the and, playoffs. They make the playoffs, or this year in the yeah. Like yeah. There, there's there, that's on. a big price for the, well, the potential well, scenario. The, come on, you never know, Mike. If it's Russ, they've already admitted that they're friggin' dumping. Mike, have they dumped? They haven't yet, but they're going okay. to. Where, where do they yeah. stand in the standings, Mike? I don't care. When you come well, out and you put out a, I don't. When you come out that's and you put out a letter and says you, that's like that's like me inviting you to a party and then saying, you know what, I'm canceling the party. Sorry. <laughs> that's happened to me before. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's a possibility, and Peter knows it. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, think. I, I, yeah, go ahead. I just going to say, I think it was a great tweet, a series of tweets that they put out. Um, I think it was a, a very important thing to do from just the way teams communicate to fans and stuff. But what they didn't do, which we all know exists, is at the end of it, there's a little star and it says, but, 
and they've got that tweet ready to go when they don't do anything and something changes. But we actually are going to make the playoffs, so we're going to pick up this guy to help us because all of a sudden everything came together. Players just did their thing. But, so it's not going to happen. And that that's fine too. I continue to say that Jeff Gorton and Glenn Sather will be excoriated if they decide that they're one point in the playoffs on February 26th and they keep their UFAs. They will get destroyed. Not by their owner because if they're in the playoffs. No, by their fans. Who cares about the owner? Mike, but it's the same as the Leafs. They're going to sell out anyhow. So what's the difference if the fans are mad or not? Fans are mad or not anyhow right now because of the letter. Let's, the let's opened up Pandora's box. Yeah, let's not get started with the Leafs because that. that it, no, I'm just saying it's the same situation fan wise. It's not affecting their bottom line, and if they can't make the right deals mm-hmm. or they make one of the deals and make the playoffs, and they face Tampa and McDonough's on the other side of Tampa and they lose in seven, they'll get excoriated worse for that than they will if they actually trade him now because they could literally wait till the summer. For McDonough and give Lundquist one more shot here. They right. don't have to move him. You can wait. You can wait on McDonough. You can wait on Zuccarello. You can wait on JT Miller. I get that. You can't wait on Nash. You can't wait on Grabner. You well, gotta get your. You gotta get. The Rangers are not gonna die if they don't get an asset or two for Rick Nash. They will not well, die. Well, and then see the best, the best move. No. But they won't. It won't kill the franchise, Mike. No, it won't kill the franchise. It'll just make them look stupid. Um, and, and and Peter, that's that's my problem with. And and believe me, I think I'm 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 one of a dwindling few that believes that Toronto should sell JVR and Bozak before yeah. February 26th because you know they've won. I think it's nine of the last eleven games. But look at their situation. They're st- they're in third place. They're not catching Boston. They're probably not catching Tampa. They're going to play either Boston or Tampa in the first round. And when they if they if they beat them in the first round, then they play the other one. And I don't think they're getting a- anywhere past the second round. Now, of course, the organization can't think that way. But they you know they have to think of it think of it about it dispassionately and say, okay, where are we right now? And last night yeah. they had a they had a three nothing lead on Tampa Bay and blew the lead in about six minutes and then came back and then came back and won the game. And Freddie Anderson played really well. But again, it's a team that is not whole. That is not all there. No, there, there are some flaws with the Leafs. We can see it. And, and, and it doesn't mean they're not a good team. And all the Leafs fans out there before you come after me, like that, it just says they could be a better team if yes. they could fix the flaws. I, I mean, I, I wonder what the likelihood, and I'm just you know throwing caution to the wind here when I say this, but I wonder what the likelihood of the Leafs being both buyers and sellers at the deadline is. Well, and it doesn't mean yeah. you're trading JVR and Bozak to one team to get this guy back. It means right. they're really active, and they say, well, we've got to do something with this. Maybe I can get a pick for JVR, uh, this pick for JVR, and I can swing that over here to get this player for my right side on the on defense. I mean, I just I'm curious if if that's even in their wheelhouse of thinking right now, and if they've even had some sort of level of discussion that says we need to go this way or explore it until it can't be done. Well, because there's reason to do that. Russ, I said, I I said to you earlier that I think that, you know, if, if there were inquiries and according to Elliot Friedman, there were inquiries that the Leafs made, you know, kick the tires, find out what it's worth regarding maroon. um, That the only way that makes sense 
is if they are trading JVR or Bozak because if they trade one of those guys, they could move a Marlowe to the middle and then they need a replacement on the wing or they need a replacement for JVR. But they, you know, the only way that adding Maroon to a team that is loaded on the wing is if they're trading a winger or trading another forward. Um, I, I think they're, I think Lou is always planning for every contingency, but I mean, they're making noises right now, Russ, that, they're not trading JVR, but they're not negotiating with them, and that they're content to just let them walk. That to me seems like a complete waste of an asset. But it does seem like that's what's going to happen. I think they will sell off the young guys, like you said, like Levo and Shostakov. They'll get some sort of draft picks for them, yeah. and they might take somebody back, and you know, go and get somebody like they did last year with Boyle. They might go get a veteran defenseman. I yeah. could see. It. If they felt he was more fleet of foot than Roman Polak or somebody like that, even if they trade with the Islanders, they might trade, you know, Matt, Matt, um, Matt Martin. Matt Martin, thank you, for somebody like that. And so I think that that's where they could be buyers and sellers. But in those kinds of minor deals, I don't think JBR is going anywhere. I don't. Yeah. I mean, the conventional wisdom is, and more than likely the path that the Leafs are going to take is that they keep JBR, uh, that they keep Bozak. They keep Komarov, and like you said, they don't. They they trade. You know the, the guys who are sort of clogging up the roster right now that they're playing sort of a shell game with with the Sashnikov or Levo just to open up some space. And the name that keeps popping up is Eric Branson because he's a right hand shot defenseman. He's big. Um, I think that's that's the likely course. I still think there's a possibility that they will do something with JVR. But that would make the most sense because the assets you get for JVR, I think, are more than Buffalo gets for Kane and more than the the uh, Rangers get for Nash. So, I mean, you have a potential of getting a, like a top prospect and a first-round pick and then use those assets to get the defenseman in the offseason. But by July 1st or by February 27th, uh, you know, JVR is pretty much gone. I mean, you get him for the playoffs, the the stupid own rental description that I can't stand. It's it's so oxymoronic. Um, but that's what it be he'll be. He'll be an expiring contract, and they won't the only thing they'll be able to do is get a draft pick for his rights before July 1st. Well, here's the thing. So right now you I think you remember telling me uh that they have like a first and a couple seconds, and yes. then okay. So I wouldn't shock me if they, they trade the rights to JVR and get a third if they feel like JVR is going to sign. If a team thinks they're going to, he's going to sign with them, like they feel that good about it, they'll right. give you a third round pick, and the and the, the Leafs will take that. The thing that the Leafs could do in this draft is draft multiple defensemen, two or three defensemen in a defense rich draft. You get those guys early, then you worry about your winger that you need in your organization later because it's going to be a crapshoot in this draft anyhow. But they could be setting themselves up defensively for years down the line. And that's what I think Lou will be more inclined to do than trade for a defenseman over the summer, to be honest. Peter, the center market in this deadline is brutal. Um, and that the that the point that point is illustrated by the fact that there are reports that there are at least a couple teams, Pittsburgh and San Jose, who have kicked tires on Thomas Placanitz. He's got five goals. He makes six million dollars. He's got two of them recently. If that helps, yeah, he's got five five goals, and he's making his six his six million dollar cap hit. So ideally, the 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 Canadians are probably gonna have to eat half about half of that to get to get him to move. But it's Placanitz, 
It's Mark Letestu. I don't even know if Benoit Pouliot plays center anymore. He used to, but I don't. I think he's more of a winger now with the Sabers. Yeah. I don't think he's doing it anymore. Yeah, and and now you know the the news on the weekend that Derek Broussard is out there with a year left at five million yeah. bucks. I mean, he's the he's clearly the best option out there, and that's why I think uh, that's why Ottawa's floating the name out there because they might be able to get a low first for a guy like Derek Broussard. Peter, did we lose him? Rose up. Uh, I think I think that's possible. Uh, again, he's not the greatest face-off guy, so it depends why a team really wants the center. If they're looking for that center that can win face-offs and score goals, then Broussard's probably not your guy. If you're looking for just a guy you could put in second or third line center and you still have your your one guy that you could always go to for faceoffs then yeah. I think you go for Broussard. Um so again though, think about this I don't know what that, that noise is. it sounds like someone's playing operation in the background yeah or or there's like a remote control being used or something yeah end of the day if if Ottawa trades Derek Broussard mm -hmm. then all they're doing is kicking the can down the road even some more while the Rangers and I, and I told people at the very start, this was a great trade for, yeah. for and he's turned into their number one center. This is where I feel bad for Pierre Dorian because he's constantly has to maneuver these assets to work into the framework of their budget. And he's trying to get the maximum amount for that. And he, he, on uh, that team, you can't let somebody walk away for nothing. So that's right. why he is trying to maximize his assets now because they do draft well too. He's buying his time. He they have a lot of guys coming, but it's still probably two years until it all starts clicking. But in the state in, in the statement that they re they released on the weekend, Russ, because I was the Ottawa was playing the Leafs on Saturday and Dorian was there. I didn't get it. I don't think he talked to the media. But in the statement they released on Friday when they announced his three year extension, they mentioned things are going to get painful. They they, they they I said they plagiarized Mike Babcock, but. <laughs> They're in a situation where they don't have expiring contracts. They don't have UFAs. They've got guys with term. They have, you know, they have RFAs like Cody Cece, who they might trade because he's on on the, you know, uh, on the path to getting, uh, you know, he had a two-year bridge deal and he's going to expect bigger money now. Uh, Mark Stone is expecting bigger money um, and probably deservedly so. Uh, Peugeot and Smith and uh, they're on, they have long-term deals. So does Hoffman. Fanuf has got three more years at $7 million. Good luck moving that deal. So, I mean, their their situation is they've got guys with term, and they can be patient, but I think that, you know, I think Eugene Melnick basically said, okay, I'll give you your three-year extension. Now go out and clean house. Yeah, I think someone like Fanuf could go to Vegas. I do, because I think if they eat some of that salary um, with Engelin retiring – if, assuming he retires because he's had a pretty good year. Could, I, I think I think he extended for a year. I think they signed him for another year. Okay, so maybe at some point next year, maybe even at the deadline, when they know it's going to be his last go-round there, they get a guy like Fanuf to play that similar role and a little bit younger, a little bit stronger than England. And I think that's a place where Fanuf could end up. I do. They have the cap room. But Peter – I'll have the assets. Yeah, and then and that too. Peter, what I was when you got uh, your connection screwed up there, I was saying the center market is is so brutal uh, that a guy like Placanet, so to me, he's thirty five years old, and to me looks like he's over the hill. But you know, apparently, yeah, I know he's overpaid at six million. He's only got five goals a year, and he's 
near the top of the heap of the center market. This is, you know, this is why like a Broussard could get a first round pick. Yeah, I mean the center market this year is ridiculous. It's, it's it's a terrible list of players in terms of what you might want at the the trade deadline. But I mean, you know, I've said it before, and I'm a broker record here. Placanic does bring a bit of experience that if you can yeah. use him in the right space, he provides value to a team. Provide his experience could probably provide value to a team like the Jets. I don't know if it provides any value to San Jose if they're kicking the tires on him and they've got oh, all the experience in the world. <laughs> no, they don't need that at all. So. It, it, it would be for a younger team or something, you know, someone looking to, you know, squeak in and, and do that. But it's, uh, you know, you know, again, as Mike said, he, you're going to have to eat salary and you won't get a lot of return. But at this point, um, you know, it's time to, uh, it's time. It, 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 it's, it's going to be hard to make sense of him going anywhere other than the team that needs him for a very specific reason. He's not the kind of player that you just bring in because he's available. Yeah, he'll be one of the last to go. Placanic will be on the board when trade day is there, trade deadline day, and he might be one of the last to go. If the team just feels like they got to get somebody and they'll just deal with, you know, the um, the prorated salary, they might do it last minute. But that's it. He's he's going to be last on the list. He really is. Yeah, and, and it's funny that injuries complicate situations. They do. Um, you know, Calgary appeared now Calgary doesn't have their first round pick, doesn't have their second round pick. And, uh, uh, they are talking, they were talking about using uh, a guy like John Gillies who's a good prospect goaltender, um, to get some help up front. Now Mike Smith got hurt over the weekend. He's not, uh, it's not as serious as as once was thought. They thought it could have been like a torn groin, and now it's only uh, it's not even a groin injury. But that might take a guy like uh, Gillies off the off the trade list because they you know now their goaltending if if Smith goes down again is is Riddich and Gillies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gillies may get his shot now, and. That'll probably enhance his trade value, but then it may also enhance his value within the organization to where they realize we can't trade him. Yeah. Um, the goaltender market appears to be fairly – I mean, if they want to trade Tyler Parsons, they could get something for Tyler Parsons. Well, his name his name hasn't been mentioned in anything, Ross, so that would lead me to that believe that matter. they think he's the goalie. But what well, is that? You know, last minute, we all know he exists. GMs all know he exists. If there's a GM out there that likes him, he may just be yeah. you know, saving that for the last minute to call. Right, but when a guy's name doesn't get mentioned, that means they don't want to trade him. Yeah, but it doesn't mean they won't. It depends how desperate they get. I mean, again, if we're getting down to the nitty-gritty and yeah. they're not scoring and the goaltending's good and they feel like they can make a run, then they might be willing. Well, Peter, let me ask you this, and we'll uh, to finish out the show. We'll take a couple questions from the chat room if uh, if there are any in there that are good. With Winnipeg, who is the like, where is the line of demarcation? Where who is the guy that they won't move for a player that they think can help them? Is it Roslovic? Is it you know where you know You're where do they stop? Roslevic. You're not getting Connor or Roslovic. That that's a given. Um, 
I think you could get them. You could get uh, Dano would be someone you could take from Winnipeg. You could get um, you could get Nick Patan. Um, depending on their Brendan Lemieux, Michael Hutchinson. Even though he's a UFA, he's a goalie. He's possible. You might even be able to get Spacek. And you know, and I don't think. And you know, you never know. You might even be able to get Mason Appleton. I'm just not sure about that. Um, what what we don't know is are getting a great return. You're going to have to bundle these guys to get something. Yeah, I know you're going to have to bundle, and and you're going to, and 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 I think I think um, the Jets would for the right player they'd expend the first round pick. I mean, the first round pick's hopefully going to be 25 or less. Hopefully, right. right? So, and they've got an extra second round. So I think they've got they've got they've got things they can do. I mean, you know, you might I mean you he's got a year left at a million. You know, depending on the player, you might even be able to get Andrew Kopp. And I don't think it's likely to happen, but I wouldn't rule it out depending on what the return is and what you're trying to do. Um I think teams spend a lot of time trying to find Andrew Kopps. Uh, who are effective players? They can gel with other role players, but you, when you have them, you don't want to release it. But they're the kind of player that you can do, you can release because you know you're going to upgrade on it in the in the deal. And and, and just you know that's one thing I, I wouldn't rule out either. I can see that. I can. Um, yeah. But I would say this: Rosalvik's more of a no, you know untouchable than even Connor. If the right offer came along, they would they would trade Connor before Rosalvik. Yeah, and right now the the word here is that those two are going nowhere. Right, and basically every media person who is on the beat is saying the exact same thing. Whoever they're talking to, whatever the murmurs are, that's not happening. So that that's the line in the sand there on what's you know on the roster. I mean, Connor has what eighteen goals now. Yeah, could get to twenty five. Yep. Yeah, you you just. He's on the second year of his deal, you, you, on his entry level deal. You're just not gonna, you're not gonna lose that. You're not gonna give that up. The other, the other name, uh, the other name that was was talked about over the weekend, uh, I think it was Pierre LeBron from TSN mentioned about Jack Johnson that there is a team that will offer Columbus a low first round pick for for Jack Johnson, but Columbus is not really interested in a low first round pick because. They want they want scoring help. They're looking for uh, probably a top six or top nine winger, but you know they could they they could use the first round pick to get that. So I mean it could be sort of in a way a quasi three way deal. Um, but if you look at it and you look at the the teams that are at at the bottom of the, it would be with low picks. You know the teams at the top of the standings. You know, Boston is looking for a defenseman. Tampa is looking for a defenseman. Washington is looking for a defenseman. And it's that market of, you know, Mike Green and Jack Johnson for like more offensive guys, even though Johnson's not having that big of a year offensively, that those teams might be willing to trade that low first for. So uh, any questions in the chat, Russ? Hold on. I I wanted Uh, to mention in the uh, the women's hockey uh, of the U.S. won today's game. I think it was four nothing against OAR. Um, by the way, I don't even know why they're called OAR. There's like 150 Russian athletes in, so we all know they're playing for Russia. 
We all know Russia had doping problems, yet most of the athletes made their way in. I just I, I find that bizarre. But anyhow, talking about the hockey, the, the I see a difference in this U.S. team in that they're playing a real good puck possession style, and they have a really good blend of size and speed now, and I think that's a big deal. Um, Jocelyn Lamoureux, one of the twins, Monique is her sister. I've interviewed Jocelyn. She's a hell of a player. She scored two goals today in six seconds. That breaks the Olympic record for man or woman, and it was amazing. And, and the second goal was just a total defensive strip because Russia wasn't paying full attention for two seconds. She took the puck and just went the you know went one on zero with it and, and scored. It was nice to see. You don't always see that out of the uh, the U.S. women's team. What you usually see is is great play and a lot of shots and some of those shots going in. Now I feel like against a team like Canada, they could play a little bit of keep away, mm. and that's a big deal because sometimes that's been the biggest deal is Canada sort of winning that battle. So I, I expect this year's battle to be the best. Saturday – or not Saturday, Thursday. They said it twice. They First they said Wednesday, then they said Thursday because I think even the announcers are getting screwed up on the days. I think Thursday is when they're going to meet for a you know non-medal game, USA and Canada. So we'll get an idea – of, of sort of how they match up because it's not like the NFL. You can't run a vanilla offense, yeah. right? you know what I mean, like against the team in the preseason. It doesn't work that way in hockey, you know? No, but you know what? Honestly, I, I would I, – based on previous instances, like with Canada-U.S., remember the U.S. beat them in the preliminary round and then lost them in the gold medal. I want Canada win, to win the game this week in the preliminary round just so they get a false sense of security so the U.S. can beat them in the gold medal game. No, you want the U.S. to keep winning and stay undefeated. That's what you No, because look what's happened the last two Olympics. It doesn't matter. This is a different yeah, team. Baloney, yeah. it doesn't matter. Different teams, different, different realities. Yeah. You want to win. You want to send a message, and you want to make, you want to make Canada sweat. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, any, right. qu any questions in the chat? Yes. Okay. First one that I, I did write an answer to in the chat room, but not everybody might have seen it. Somebody asked me, you know, what do I think of Sam Steele? What do I think he could do as a prospect? I, I think he could be a first or a second line guy. Yeah. He's an all-around guy. He's really smart. He's got a great shot. He skates like the wind. I think he could be like a 50-point guy, but one of those 50-point guys that does everything for you. So I think that's something where that's a pretty big deal for Anaheim and, and a hell of a pick. Um, someone was mentioning could – could Bozak go to Pittsburgh? I don't think regular season. I think that's a trade Toronto would have made in the offseason. I don't think Toronto would make that to him regular, se regular season now because what if they met them down the line? They, well, don't, want, they don't want to do that. Well, no, I see the, the again, Russ, this is where Bozak is a perfect fit for Pittsburgh as a number three center. You cannot factor in what is going to happen in a matchup. You basically have to say, okay, we're selling them. Let's sell them for the for the highest amount. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. No, I, this is old school. Like that's you're thinking new school GM. You have an old school GM that does not want to face that scrutiny if they match up. And I'm telling you, it will be massive. You it can't do that. You can't think of that. Think of it that way. He's an expiring contract. He's leaving matter. for nothing. You're not making the Penguins stronger in case you have to face the Penguins. Who cares if you get if you get Daniel Daniel Sprong or you get a 2019 first round pick? Let him make him stronger. Who cares? Why he'll never be a GM? Right? Um, <laughs> given the center market, even Bozak as a rental 
is worth a first given what he can do, what's out there. Terry, he is not worth a first. That's let's start with that. He might be no. worth a 2019 no. first, a conditional 2019 yeah. first. 2019 first is a possibility. Most likely, Bozak will get you a a good prospect, I'm not, and not even a team's yeah. best prospect, just a good prospect. A third. Could, do you do you a, think a do you third. think if the if the Leafs decided to trade Bozak, they would get Sprong for him? No. I think you. No. I think they would. No, Pittsburgh, I think, likes Sprung too much. I think you would have to give them – I think you would have to give them Bozak in a second if you want Sprung. Oh, God. Anyway, any more so questions? Just, just, you know, you're expiring contract there, Mike. I mean, all right. Right, uh, right, but he's got value, and there's no centers out there. That's why I'm saying this is the, the – it's perfect for them to if they if they did that. I mean, what are the ramifications for the Leafs if, if they traded Bozak at the deadline? They move Marlowe to center for the last 20 games of the season. That's all. And then Mar and Marlo played there. Well, talking about now moving a guy who's looked good this season as a center, but then going into the playoffs at his age, you don't know if the wheels are going to come off with him at center, and then it would look embarrassing. Right. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it could happen. Right. Um, do I think there's legs to the Sabres-Flyers talks? Yes, but I do think it's for the goalie, not for Vander Kane. Um, yeah, and if it's not – if it, okay, let's, just, let, let's say it's not a Vander Kane. And it's not the goalie. What else could it be? It could be Nathan Beaulieu. If the Flyers are looking to maybe upgrade a little on defense or and trade them a younger defensive prospect, that's possible. Like a what? Like a Moran or a uh... Moran for him? Uh, I might take the guy with the better wheels who's complaining NHL next year because the Flyers are going to be losing some guys off their blue line soon. So. That could yeah, help. Bullyu hasn't worked in Buffalo. I mean, he's had some injury problems and stuff. So that, he's still yeah, I, yeah that, 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 that would make sense. Uh, do I think Carolina trades Falk or Skinner? Uh, I think Falk could go. I don't think Skinner will go. Could Skinner I, I, draft? Sure, Skinner could go at the draft. I, I laugh at these Skinner rumors. This is, a team, this is a team that doesn't score, and you're going to trade one of your best scorers. It's like I, there's a there's a guy that I know keeps sending me rumors about you know hey maybe the Leafs will trade Nazem Kadri for Jordan Stahl. Why in the hell would Carolina Carolina trade Jordan Stahl? He's their, he's he's their best center. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, Russ, do I think the Flames could trade Fox? No way. We've had Flames personnel on our show. They love Adam Fox. I love the guy. I think he's just getting better every year. I originally thought he would be, you know. Probably a second pairing guy. There's a chance he could be a first pairing guy if he continues this upswing. So no I, way. I have a feeling. I mean, look at the Flames right now. They're five deep in terms of really good defensemen on the NHL level. They have Fox. They have Schilling. If they're going to trade, if they're going to trade a defenseman in a deal to get help now, I think it's Shillington more than it is Fox. I think so on Shillington too. And look, there's still a little bit of offense in Shillington's game, but the skating's yeah. great. And and he can strip players, and so I think Shillington would would be a good guy to sort of Daniel out there because they have a lot of other things, but not Fox. I really right that would shock me. That would actually shock me. Um, let's see, what percentage would you put on the Leafs actually making one deal at the deadline? What percentage for two or more? Uh, percentage for one deal, hundred percent. I think they're doing something. Per percentage of two or more, I'd say about forty-five. I think I think they're gonna do something with one of these extra forwards, Sashnikov, Levo. 
Uh, and I do th- I think the fourth line center talk is bunk because there are no fourth line centers out there unless it's somebody who has another year left in the contract that nobody's talking about. Um, I think they're going to try to get a defenseman. I think they would, I think they would ideally like to get somebody who has more than a year left. I mean, uh, the, the name of Yarmolson continues to be out there, but the one thing I'm skeptical about with Yarmolson is he's a left shot and they need a right shot. They have, they have too many lefties and not enough righties. And for the Pollock haters out there, the the likely replacement for Pollock in the trade market is Gabranson, and maybe uh, the analytics crowd hates Gabranson more than they hate Pollock. So it's like it's like death by strangulation or death by gun gunshot. Yeah. Now there's 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 some funny ones here. I'll let Mike answer. Do you? And this is from Broken Narcissist, and he does sound like a broken record at times, but he really just wants to know. Do you think Zaitsev is a potential top four defenseman, Mike? I think he is a top four defenseman. Okay, that's pretty quick. Um, do I? And this is from Mike. Do I think Rutherford is playing possum when it comes to Pacioretty? No, I don't think they have the assets. I don't think even Montreal is trading a Pacioretty during this season. I don't think, based on all the bad PR they have and the fact that Mark Bergevin seems very safe in this job right now, I don't think they're trading him right now. Now, will they be talks at the draft? Sure. I think they're. Tra- I think they, I think they're open to trading them if they get what they want from a team that has assets like St. Louis, like uh, Nashville, um, like Tampa. You know, teams that are loaded. I can never. I can never see Pacioretty and Montreal trade with Boston, but Boston has assets too. But I don't know. If, I think. Boston's looking more for defense, but there are teams out there with tons of assets that are contending, contending teams that I think would love to get patch ready. I just don't know whether, you know, whether Nashville's willing to trade Dante Fabro to get Max patch or St. Louis is willing to trade Jordan Cairo for Max patch That That's what they're shooting for. They're looking for the can't miss. Uh, Steve wants to know, Mike, and then I'll answer after you. Do, do you think the Leafs should go after Ryan Ellis? Yeah, but Nashville's not trading Ryan Ellis. Nashville's Nashville's running for taking a run at the Stanley Cup. They have, you know, they're looking, you know, they their defense is extremely important to their ability to win the cup. And, you know, I, I don't think they're moving him at all. Not right now. Maybe in the summer, but not not at all right now. Light fire. 616, which I have no idea what that means. I never know what any of these names mean. Um, wants to know if Mark Stahl <coughs> is likely to be traded in the summer slash trade deadline. I don't, if he allows it, I don't think he's getting traded. I think he has to play to show his worth. He was having an okay season for a little while, but now that injuries have crept in again, no, I don't think that's going to happen. So I think, I think the Rangers are going to have to keep him for a while or buy him out, depending on what the situation is with him. Three more, three more years at five point seven million. Yeah, that's. I mean, and if they buy him out, yeah, it's a it's a flat it's a flat salary here. It's not a it's not like a front loaded right. or back loaded deal. So you're talking ten mil, a little over ten million split over six years. That would be under a million, under two million a year. But for a team, that'd be like having Tanner Glass on your team for like the next five years and never. Right. Yeah, I don't think I, you know. I don't. I don't know if they can find a team that is willing to take on a. I, don't, I can't say declining defenseman, but you know he's not exactly fleet of foot anymore. He's he's had some injury problems. 
I can't see a team taking him on for three more years. Just like a, a, I can't see many teams being inter interested in Dion Phaneuf making seven million. Yeah. How does Tampa fit McDonough? He's ideal for them to load up, but like basically fit him under the cap. Well, you have to trade someone like a Tyler Johnson who's making some money too. You got to trade someone. Yeah. Or or you tell Ryan Callahan that he's got a broken ankle for right. five weeks. Right. Yeah. I did bring that up a couple weeks ago. I think the Rangers would accept Callahan back with a great prospect and eat that salary, and fans would be somewhat happy to see him back, I think mostly. And then but, if he plays, if he doesn't, he doesn't. I, I also think it's it, it wouldn't be a problem for Tampa Bay because, remember, Palat is out on long-term injury, and Palat's salary is relatively close to what McDonough – McDonough's in the 4-7 range – and Palat is at five point three. So yeah. if you put if you put him on LTIR, I think you have enough room. You maybe have to have to send somebody down to the minors to clear a little bit of a salary. But I think they, I think they could handle it if if uh, if they went after McDonough. There you go. Um, broken narcissist Nash and McDonough for Truba. Broken narcissist lay off the pipe. That's my recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, ban broken narcissist. No, I'm just saying he's enjoying himself a little bit too much before the show. That's that's really all I'm saying. <laughs> I think that's it. I'm gonna okay. just one more time. I think we're good here. Uh, we're gonna try to do this. At, we're gonna try to do this at the end of every show leading up to the deadline because we want your interaction here. Uh, I know that a lot of people out there are curious about about the deadline and what what may happen, what may not happen. So are we because it's the, the sure. picture. The picture is a little convoluted out there, but it's going to be entertaining. We know that in the next 13 days. Um, Russ will not be here tomorrow. Uh, we will likely be doing a show at 2 p.m. tomorrow. I'll be on location in Toronto. Uh, it'll be Eck and Pete Weber, the play-by-play -play announcer of the Nashville Predators. Uh, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.